welcome to Retro Rewind, Pinal Central's sports-themed podcast where we talk to Pinal County athletes and coaches. This episode is brought to you by Jones Ford Buick GMC, serving Arizona since 1970. Stop in today at North Pinal Avenue to see their great selection of new and pre-owned vehicles or shop online at Jones Buick GMC Casa Grande. You'll be glad you did. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Retro Rewind. Our guest today is someone you might be familiar with if you're into the swim scene. If not, well, you're still going to hear a lot of great stories and a lot of stuff that she has to tell us. Joining us today is Maricopa swim coach, Laura Logan. Laura, thanks for being here. Well, thanks a lot for you guys reaching out and asking me to come in. All right, as I mentioned, you know, you're kind of a staple here in Pinal County and when it comes to the swim scene. Swim scene. Um, starting off, you're not from here originally. I am not originally from the desert. I'm from the Midwest. I hail from Springfield, Illinois, and I uh, went to school up in uh, near Chicago, about an hour outside the city in uh, DeKalb, Illinois, Northern Illinois University. Okay. Hour outside the city. You just have to say Chicago. Because <laughs> Illinois is huge. It's seven hours from top to bottom. All right. So how was it that you got interested in swimming? Is it a big deal in Illinois? I, it's a pretty big deal. If you look at, at our LSC, which is called our local swimming committee here in Arizona, we usually have about 4,000 club swimmers, roughly. It is growing. Illinois, 7,000. So it's, it's a lot bigger. Chicago, big city. Um, actually, I, I call it what every parks and rec department should do that has club swimming. I, my mother took me out at the age of 10 and said, hey, you're going to learn to swim. I said, okay. So we went to the swim lessons, and I sailed right through them in a week from beginning to end. And the lady walked up to me, the swim coach, and said, congratulations, you're on the swim team. And I went home, and I said, hey, mom, I'm on the swim team. And she said, "Yar." I said, Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. And I'm 53 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of just like, obviously you had, you, you gravitated towards this, but it, it seems like it just kind of just happened where you fell into swimming. So that, was it kind of a love at first sight kind of thing for you or just uh, what, what, what attracted you to it? I had an amazing club coach. Gotcha. I had an amazing club coach. Um, people that know me now would not know that I was a shy, quiet, introverted person. And when I got in the pool, it was easy. And I had a coach every single day from the time I was 10 to 18 tell me how great it is that I'm at the pool, how great my smile is, how amazing I am. I mean, why don't you go back when you're a kid, right? You got some, so just that. It's that sales pitch, right? They're just <laughs> they're running that sport down it. And I, I played other sports, but got involved in swimming. I became really successful quickly. And then I decided I wanted I wanted a college scholarship. And I went to my club coach and I said, hey, I want to swim in college. How do I make that happen? And he said, here's the path. You better get on it. Let's go. Yeah. So then what was that college experience like going into the swim team? Obviously, there's different parallels, but it's also the same sport when you're playing at the high school level and college level. But what's what's the difference with it? Intent, uh, college swimming is just a lot more intense. It's a lot more expectations. Um, I was blessed with a scholarship. So the expectations for me to perform were high. There's things that I had to do. There's places I had to be. The commitment wasn't, um, I don't feel good today. I think I'll take the day off. There's no taking days off. Um, you know, you had to manage classes. You had time management, right? That was the big deal, learning time management. But 
Um, I mean, I was just getting paid to swim. <laughs> no NIL then, but. <laughs> <laughs> and what events did you compete in? Uh, when I was a kid, I was a, what we call a mid-distance freestyler and a backstroker. What was it that you enjoyed about doing those events? Um, just think, like, once I got my face in the water, I like to grind. And it's, like, it's ridiculous now. Like I said, I'm 53 years old, and I'll get out on a bike, and the next thing I know, I'm out there grinding. And I'm like, oh, hey, 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 there's nobody out here with you. You don't need to be grinding like crazy. And it's just, it's, it's just something that was in me. You know, sprint, 53, 23, 24 seconds. I like to get in that pool, and I like to grind. I mean, some of us are cuckoo. I'd be one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, for you, it's more just about the distance in the yep. sense. Because we've seen a lot of, you know, sprinters who like to be, like, the first one, the first ones to finish in the 100 meters and everything. But for you, it was really just about the hard work when it came to the like long-distance stuff, right? gamesmanship. Yeah. Let somebody sit there on your hip, swim in a distance swim, and you just look at them and go, well, you're along for a ride. You just don't know it. Do you know what I mean? And that, I guess, you know, when you're a teacher, you're a control freak. So I got to go out there and control races, you know what I mean? And that was fun to me. I had a lot of fun doing that. And then the last 100, 150 or whatever, just, just turn on the jets and say, hope you had a good time hanging on my hip. So then what would you say about the competition level when it comes to just being a being competitive swimmer, you know, where you're, you know, you're up against a bunch of people in the same pool, but it also, I feel like there's some camaraderie, camaraderie there as well. So it's kind of, what was, what's the competitiveness like in, in swimming? Um, I think it's, well, I think I find a lot of swimmers to be highly competitive with themselves. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's that nature of wanting to beat. But a lot of times when you're competing at the club level, especially for um, community like ours, we're smaller teams compared to big cities. Um, it's not about scoring points. It's about those best times. So using those people in the pool to help you achieve your goals and where you're headed on that path. I mean, the competitiveness really a lot is just within, I think it's within yourself. People just got that competitive itch, you know what I mean? And that's that's something that I looked at the people that I swam with all growing up and even through college as people, they were just vehicles to help me achieve my personal goals. They helped me get there. And I, I tell the kids to this day how amazing it is to be able to get to know and have friendships and build relationships with people outside your community. And that's what I did. I mean, in my day, I had to write letters and, and put a stamp on it. you you, you speak about this competitive nature um how was it that you ended up becoming a coach accident um i graduated from northern um i was living out in colorado um i had a son at the time that was a year and a half two years old and i was having a blast i was being anything but an adult with a kid and um it was i mean you living in boulder colorado it's beautiful i mean i just walked every day to the bus dive, and I said, Lord, this is the most beautiful place I've ever lived, but this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I, there's something, I know you have a plan for me, I just don't know what it is, and I'm not doing it, and I know it. So I, I decided I better grow up, and I moved back home to Springfield, and I was working with a program, it was a Secretary of State program, um, doing home-based adult ed, and our, our objective was to uh, work with kids in the uh, young teen parents that had a kid inside the home that didn't have a high school diploma. So I did, went to the house, did ABE, GED, tried to get them into a skills program, get kids into kindergarten ready. So it was a really, really super cool program. And this wonderful coach that hooked me on the sport called me up and said, hey, I need some help. You want to come back and, and, and do a little coaching after work? So I just went back for fun. Um, I have a ton of respect for him. I'm extraordinarily thankful 
Um, like I said, I'm, I'm snail mail era. I sat down at college one day and went, wow, I am motivated. I'm goal oriented. I understand time management and I'm extremely successful and I understand how to create a path to success. Hey, swim coach. Good job. Right. <laughs> because it's it. He killed it. Right. I mean, so I wanted to give back. I wanted to give back to the program that gave me so much. So I just started kicking around and I, and I drug my son to the pool with me. <laughs> And then next thing you know, he's swimming. So then, you know, how did you started out going back home to, to coach in Illinois and you said it happened by accident. So then how did you end up in Pinal County? You know, <laughs> that also happened by accident. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a different world in the sense, it's you know, that, but it's it, that thing that I said, I'm walking to the, the bus stop every day in Boulder. And I said, Lord, there's something out there so that I'm supposed to be doing. And so I'm not doing it. Help me find that spot. Right. Um, I was married at the time and I, my husband had an offer to work um, in a hospital in the South or a hospital out here in Casa Grande. It was a job offer. Um, I'm a hiker at the time, camper, do, I mean, throw the backpack on, disappear for four or five days, right? Well, Arizona's great. That's a beautiful place to be able to do that at Grand Canyon, slot canyons, you know I mean? It's endless. And five hours to San Diego. So this is the versatility the state offered. I said, let's do it. And so uh, we moved out here. And uh, my son, as I said, was swimming with me at my club team that I grew up swimming for. And he's like, well, I want to keep swimming. I said, okay. So I walked over to the Parks and Rec Department and said, hey, I'm interested in some club swimming. They're like, oh, we don't have a club team, but here's some information on some teams that you can go check out. We drove up, we checked them out. And, um, just wasn't feeling what it is that I was looking for for him. And I said to him one day, I said, how, how bad do you want to swim? And he goes, well, I really wanted to try soccer. I said, well, let's try some soccer, son. <laughs> so we played soccer here. And then he went out for the rec team here in Casa. Um, 60 kids, great program. And this lady walks up to me and said, hey, there's a, a girl trying to start a swim team, a club team out at Central Arizona College. Well, where's Central Arizona College? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's out here. And I said, well, when the summer season's over, I'll walk out there. And uh, one thing led to another. She hands me a clipboard and says, I, I don't really know how to run a swim team. And I said, well, I'm not here for a swim team. I was just here for my son. So, you know, next thing you know, I'm in the middle of it. And I got six kids. And then I got 60 kids. And then we got state champions. And then, you know, Union High School's blowing up. And I learned that... Um, this, these small communities, that's my jam. I love it. You know, I had uh, a young lady, 10 years old. She's probably 25 now. First time we went up to Scottsdale to a swim meet, and uh, she comes over to me, and she said, we're just as fast as kids in Scottsdale. Yeah, guys, you are. And just, you know what I mean, just that whole, like, her just, hey, we can be great. We can do all the, yes, we can. So it's, here we are. <laughs> It's crazy, right? <laughs> I think I got my host speechless. <laughs> Just a little bit. So, when did you first come out here? Uh, Weather wise, was it was it during the September? Summer? Okay, so so you got the e easy way in. So yeah, I got to slide in. First first summer out here, I had practices that started three o'clock in the afternoon in the summer, and that was the last summer I had swim practice start at three o'clock in the afternoon. And my son's favorite story is the first summer I was here, Midwest, go to the park and play in the summer. The kids are out in the neighborhood. Everybody's on their bikes. 
was like, you need to go down to the park. There's one four doors down. Go down there and play. Uh, it's hot outside. I said, oh, come on. Just go outside and play. Be a kid. Do what kids do. And he comes back and he goes, there's no kids at the park. And the slide burned me. <laughs> <laughs> Every kid's worst nightmare growing up in Arizona just happened. <laughs> so then, you know, with that, back with swimming and everything, and did how did you get involved with Maricopa? You know, did did it? Did, it, did you look, uh, did you seek you know a, a high a high school at that level, no. or did it just kind of find you? Yes. Um, you know, it was a sad day. Uh, Central Arizona College pool was, it was old. It's, it was from the 70s. And, and I know this because um, I could never figure out why there was a pool at Central Arizona College. I, I just didn't understand it. There's this 15 meter pool, this little diamond in the rough sitting out there, nobody using it. And I thought, well, they don't have a swim team. Why did they build this 50 meter Olympic sized swimming pool? Uh, through my years of swimming, I got to know a young, young lady. I sh- I'll say that she'll appreciate that I said she's young. Um, I'm Melissa Ripley, and she is a, a retired swim coach, retired swimmer, and Olympic champion, world champion. And uh, she said, I, Mona and I used to bring us down there and swim against CAC. She was in college in the 70s, Melissa was. And I said, and Mona Plummer was the ASU coach who the facility is named after. I was like, ah, so CAC used to have a swim team. She's like, yeah, back in the 60s and 70s. But sadly, the pool just became in a, in a place of disrepair. And you're, you were looking at millions and millions of dollars to have it not continue to dump pool in the groundwater. And, <laughs> you know, you come anyway. So um, they closed the pool. And so um, I didn't I, I didn't want the team to disappear. I wanted opportunities for kids in Pinal County. That was important to me. Um, no disrespect to Maricopa County. There's a 50 different swim teams and 100 different options from gymnastics to swimming to karate to do you know what I mean and all these great club swimmers and the, an abundance of knowledge an abundance of coaches up there in that area and swimming was something that that wasn't here we didn't have club swimming before you know Danielle and I came along so when they closed the pool um I had I have set a number I am currently I'm sitting on Arizona Swimming's um board and I'm on each group committee and the secretary called me up and said hey Maricopa just built this Copper Sky Multi-Generational Center, and uh, they'd like to have a swim team. So I called up Copper Sky, and the gentleman at the time running it was Rocky, and I can't even remember his last name, and said, hey, I I don't want to be your swim team, but I have a swim team. I I would love to bring a swim team out there. So we negotiated together, and we started the club swim team out there. We were out there about three years Maricopa High School had never had a swimming team before. A young lady by the name of Olivia Byers was swimming for me, and she started when she was 11. This is her freshman year of high school. And she walked up to me and said, I, I want to start a high school swim team. Will you coach it? And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, here's what I will do. I will coach the team, but I will not create the team for you. If you want the team, you're going to have to go make a, a meeting with the athletic director and sell it. And you're going to have to meet with the principal and you're going to have to sign in. Through. I'll hold your hand, but I'm not going to speak for you. And I want, I'm really big on it coming from the kids. I'll do it. But if you want it and you want to make it happen, I will help you. And go sign in for your three minutes at the school board meeting and pitch it. And she did. Her and this young man named Connor Schrader, they went and pitched it to him and they bought it. <laughs> and here we are, what, four years later with a high school out of Maricopa High. 
Yeah, that, that's that's really interesting, you know, because a lot of coaches are be like, "This is my program. I'm yeah. going to build it this way." But for you, it's different. It's all it's just about what the kids want to do and how and how they want to do it. And, and I like it right? to be kid run. You know what I mean? It's the, the program's not for me. Mm-hmm. The program's for the kids, um, and that's weird. I know, but I've been told more than once that I'm not the average bear and I don't <laughs> march to the beat of a normal drum. But um, I want things to be kid driven. You know, it's it goes back to that. Um, shy kid, right? Not knowing how to speak up for herself. My mom would send me to the grocery store a half a block for flour and I'd come home empty handed. Well, where's the flour? I couldn't find it. Well, ask somebody, oh, you got to be nuts. (laughs) Have you lost your mind? You think I'm going to speak to somebody I don't know? You know what I mean? I want kids to understand how to advocate for themselves, how to speak up. You want something? How do you make it go happen? Right? That's to me... The big picture is building great people because then they come back to our communities as these amazing people, right? That help us become better. That's the big picture. I just use some to make it happen. It's kind of paint it forward in a way, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Yeah. So going back here a little bit, um, what was it like for you to have your first head coaching experience, I guess you could say, when you first got out there to CAC. Because um, you mentioned, you know, you helped out back in uh, Illinois, but you weren't exactly the one in charge. Yeah. Uh, it was difficult, but I also did not reinvent the wheel. You know, I, I reached out to my, my, swim, my swim coach that I grew up for swimming for, and I asked for the team handbook. Every team has a handbook. Objectives, mission statement, right? Group structure, pay scales. You know, all of these different things. So I, and he sent it to me. And he's always been a great resource to me. And then it's really funny because we used to have these days out there. We called them Zen Wednesdays because, you know, the difficulty is I personally hadn't swung for a long time. This is 19. Oh, this is 2000, right? And I, I graduated college in 1990. I kind of just been out of the water and away from the sport in that respect. And a lot changes, a lot changes in the sports for me. And um, I started thinking, oh, well, we used to do these skill drills for technique and to build build stroke development. And so I would give them to the kids and I was like, that's, I know what I want it to look like here. And that's not happening here. You know what I mean? And uh, it's a it's a funny story. It's a, it's a lesson in, in arrogance as as an adult. Uh, I, I went out there with the one with the most knowledge. And so I thought I have the most knowledge. The lady that turned me on to this handed me this book called Total Immersion. And I took it from her. And she didn't know anything about the sport. Beautifully, wonderful, lovely lady. And I set the book over here because I know. <laughs> but I'm seeing this and I'm seeing this. And I'm like, this isn't what I want these kids to look like. I know what I need. I want them to look like in the water. I know what I want this to be, but I'm not seeing it. And so I don't know why. More of that crazy intervention stuff. I over and I start reading this book that this lady gave me and I was like light bulbs just started going off and I'm like I this is it this is how we do this this is how we build it this is what we have to do and I shook my finger at myself and said don't ever be arrogant again <laughs> do you know so we go out there on Wednesday and I have a book and I would read to the kids and we'd do videos and we would get the diving well and work on just understanding water right because I forget it's either 800 or 900 I forget which was times heavier than air so we have to move efficiently and fast in something much heavier than air. Just learning how to and relearning how to build a stroke completely different from anything that I had learned growing up. 
it's kind of the an example of learning as you go. You know, you've had all this experience. You've swimmed at, you know, as a youth, high school, college, and now you're still kind of learning. Do you feel like that's the kind of the case? You're still learning about, about the sport no matter what? I hope know? so. Mm-hmm. Shame on me if I stop, right? Um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to Google and learn every single day. I get kids. Yeah, I did a, a brief sit in the classroom, and they always remind, kids always remind me of this. You teach a lesson, and one kid comes back to you and says this, and you're like, yep, you got it. And then this one comes back to you and you go, oh, that is what I said, but that's not what I meant. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so just always just learning all the time, being willing to kind of learn how to explain things differently, learn from kids. Um, we Before we started here, we talked a little bit about Grant. Grant taught me a ton about swimming. Kid had never swum before. Grew up in a community that didn't have club swimming in it. And that young man taught me a tenfold about the academic aspect, the numbers aspect of swimming. Sometimes when you're good at something, you just go do it, but you don't know why you're good at it. You know what I mean? He made me become a much more of a student of the sport to understand splitting, to understand how to build a race, to understand how to execute. So now I have a thing that when you execute a race correctly, your times come. Don't think times, think execution. Going back again, when, when you first took over, and you mentioned, you know, there were less than 10 kids out there at, at the CAC pool. What was it like trying to garner interest in those? I was a salesperson. I was out there selling my face off. Because club swimming is much more expensive. Any club sport, right? Club gymnastics more expensive than, than parks and rec gymnastics. So... People are used to paying $25 for a summer of swimming. And in those days, there wasn't that crazy school year where we only get 10, 12 weeks off at summer, right? You're getting those three months off. So parents are getting $25 for three months. And I'm going out there telling them, you're going to pay three times that. You know what I mean? That you're going to pay. Uh, we were blessed, but we paid three, that, three times that amount. And, and it was your salesperson. And, uh, Lovely, lovely kids that taught lesson programs, but swimmers learning to swim from non-swimmers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So telling them that, I trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Trust me, I know that what we're doing seems weird. It seems different. It doesn't seem like it's something that makes sense to you, but stick with me. You know, Take my hand, walk this path with me, promise you, you'll like the results. You know, So just the salesperson, thousand percent. Now, during this time, were you also coaching the high school here in town? Yep. I, I uh, see Noelle Mink was coaching at that time, and she was stepped away and retiring, and um, I was out there coaching. And, and there wasn't Vista Grande at the time. You know, it was just Union. And so it was just the kids in my high school level. Once the Union High School, it just seemed to be a natural thing for me to go ahead. I was already out there at the pool. I was already coaching a group. Seemed like a natural fit. So I took that over up until we lost the CAC pool. And then when we went to Maricopa, I just couldn't be in Maricopa running the team and then here anymore running the team. That was the sad part. So then what was that decision like of, of having to, to leave, you know, and find a new space? You know? Crying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. Those kids are heartbroken. I have, uh, I mean, it's uh, one young lady called me up one day and said, I never would have gone to college. She was in Coolidge. Never would have gone to college if you hadn't come along. I, I would have gone to CAC and that would have been fine. But I never would have gotten a four-year college scholarship, gone to California, competed, 
and become a graphic designer. Do you know what I mean? Just those doors that you're opening up. And that's that small town jam. I loved, loved servicing Lawrence Coolidge Casa Grande. I just absolutely loved it. Do you know what I mean? I just think it's great. Give them some opportunities. I took kids to, I remember the first time I took a group of kids up to Washington. They'd never really been up that way before. I took a group of kids over to Texas. And when we go on these meets um, out of state, we make it educational too. So we went to the fish market up in Washington, took them to the fish market. We went to the state capitol in Texas. We went to the Winchester house out in California. I mean, the kids were having a blast. It's just, that was fun. Yeah, it's easy to say, you know, oh, you just play a sport and they don't realize what can come from playing that sport, you know, and I think a lot of an anchor of high school sports is you're here to always have fun, but you're also in the same time here to look for what's further, which is possibly getting a scholarship to make things easier. So then you you just spoke about it where someone's someone, a former uh player of yours said that they wouldn't gone to college without without you. So does what is that like to have that and have nice. that kind of kind of be in the way of, of wanting of you wanting to help them in that that's way. the best paycheck you can give a coach right there, right? That's the absolute best paycheck. Um, yeah, there's no amount of money, there's no amount of anything that you can do when you realize you're impacting lives and changing changing their their realities. I had another young lady say to me, uh, she invited me to her wedding and she said to me, I'm not going to college. So you're not going to go to college? Why not? Well, I'm just going to get this two-year degree. I said, well, I think that's really great. I'm going to become a massage therapist. Okay. Well, I think that's really great. That's an exciting thing. When I was a kid growing up, I'd never even heard of massage therapy. So what happens if in 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, massage therapy is not a thing anymore? What are you going to do? Well, I don't know. I said, well, I think it'd be cool to have a bachelor's degree to go with that massage therapy. Create options creates opportunities, you know, do that for yourself. So she says to me, you're invited to my wedding because I listened. I got a four-year degree in nutrition down at the U of A. I met my husband and I'm moving to Texas for a job for both of us. You're like, touchdown, right? (laughs) It's just another example of just trying to impact it positively in any way you can with these young people's lives, right? Yeah, yeah. Options. I always talk to the kids tons to this day. If you have options, you have choices. If you don't have options, you have any choices. You know, put yourself in a situation where you can make decisions and make and have choices to do things. I could go here. I could do this. I could do that. Instead of just looking at the world and going, oh, there's one thing I can do. Create options, create opportunities, make decisions. Looking back on all of this now, um, is this something you ever expected? I mean, I know you, you're walking a boulder and you're thinking, you know what? There's a plan for me. I just don't know what it is yet. I'm living it. I know I go to the pool and uh, it happens all the time when we were out there at CAC, just killing it out there, doing really great things. And I'd walk down that pool deck and I would just say, yep, we're doing it. This is it. Lisa Bradshaw was a teacher here in the school district uh, at the time teaching fourth grade. And she was one of my assistants. And I'd just be like, high five, because we didn't do knuckles yet. And uh, I was like, we're killing it. We're doing it. This is it. It's a Saturday morning and I got 30 kids in the pool. And I'm watching them swim back and forth. I was like, this is this is the dream. And I, I have that when I get out there. I got 30 kids in the pool from 6.30 to 8.30 out there at Maricopa. And then I got a, probably a good another 30, 35 that come in after that for another group. And it's just watching those lanes filled with kids swimming back and forth. It's like, yep, that's it. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Feel lucky. How long did it take, you know, to get all these kids interested in this? 
years. <laughs> years. Uh, I would say, you know, it's like almost like any small business, a good five years, a really good five years. Um, you get a couple of kids. The best thing for me was when Daniel's a very talented swimmer. He was very good at what he want, at what he did in the water. And so he could easily become that visual selling piece for me. People would see him swim and they would be like, that's cool. And then the other thing that was really amazing is I went over to Union High School and along the gym, they had these people's pictures up along the wall, their Hall of Fame. So I said to the AD, who are they and what are they and why are they there? Well, that's, those are the Hall of Fame. Well, what do you got to do to be in the Hall of Fame? You're the coach. You decide. Oh, so if they're a school record holder, fastest kid that ever swam in the school, could they get their picture up there? Sure. We'll frame it. So hung up, started hanging up pictures. And that little kid, Grant Sugaski, that was a two-time state champion, was in eighth grade. We were in there, and he looked up there, and he said, how do I get up there? I said, be a, be a, be a school record holder. He's like, I'll do it. So you know what I mean? You just start building that, building that. takes one. You can turn one into two. You can turn two into four, four into eight, right? You just start, and the taste of success. And, you know, families and kids and parents, they're, they're your best, best advertisement. Get a little bit of success. Grant was 12 years old. He set, he set the 50 breaststroke um, state record for all of the state of Arizona in club swimming. Um, I, that, oh, I wanted, now I've got two people that want to be Grant when they grow up. Grant wanted to be Daniel. <laughs> now I got little kids that want to be Grant, right? Madison, the young lady that, that did the California school, well, she, she saw that. She wanted to do that. Now people want to be her. And do you know what I mean? You just start pipe piping. It's planting seeds, right? You know, yeah. it's just planting seeds for both the future generation, but also yeah. just setting an example of you can do this. And yeah. you, it, it's possible for you no matter where you come from, especially in a smaller community like this where you – you know, they may not have the same resources as some of the big places like, you know, Chandler, Scottsdale, areas like that. They have the opportunity to do it no matter what, right? Correct. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I love about the small town, mm -hmm. right? Plus, I like it that uh, my traffic is much less than what my son who ended up in Chicago. And we would drive the same number of miles and it would take me um, 10 minutes to get to work and it would take him an hour. <laughs> what was it like for you as a coach, you know, just seeing it click for them, not just the technique and everything, but when you would go to those competitions and play against the bigger schools. Uh, give me chills. Like, kids would not understand. I mean, there are times where you get that that lump in your throat, you know, when you see that kid or, you know, when uh, Casa Grande started to go to the U, right, mm -hmm. and do the U and, and seeing, seeing kids standing up on the podium at high school state championship, me doing the U, give you a give me some chills, get that lump in your throat. You know what I mean? And I was super blessed. I, I had such a wonderful, wonderful group of, of young men one year that um, they actually, um, they're kind of one of my favorite stories of coaching here in, in CASA. Um, I had four gentlemen, three of them extraordinarily talented. One was a state champion in the breaststroke that year. One was a state champion in the butterfly that year. And one was third in the backstroke that year. And one came out his freshman year with a very sourpuss look on his face as he did not put his face in the water to swim. And I said, hey, yo, you don't like water in your face? He said, no, I hate it. And he was swim team, son. <laughs> the swim team. And he's like, yeah, I heard it was fun. And so 
three years later, that kid became the fourth person on that relay that allowed those boys to go to state. I took four guys and they finished fourth as a team at the high school state championship. And the relay was third and had a chance to finish first, but the fourth swimmer was just not as strong as the other three. Here comes the backstroker. Could have had a better start. That was on me, coach. Here comes the breaststroker, state champion. Turn him slow. Turn him slow. I just love those boys. Here comes the butterfly. Well, I slow off the block. Nobody's thought anything negative about the one young man that wasn't at that same level as those three. They completely understood that that one is why they became four and achieved what they did as a team. And I, I, that was like, that was so heartwarming, right? They, they get it. There was no, well, we could have been this or we could have been that. Their glass was truly half full that season. I think that also kind of speaks to the camaraderie in swimming as a team specifically, you know, where especially in relay capacities where, you know, you're not just, you know, having to have your best solo performance, but you also have to rely on your other teammates. But there's also no blame there in the same way. You all work as one team. And although everyone has their own section of the relay, it's about the one team. And there's the only the only time at once. And it's for all four. Right. Yep. Yep. And they grind together. So like I said earlier, you know, swimmers are a little bit goofy. Um, It's hard work. And there's nobody, there's no, there's no sitting on the bench waiting for your turn. Practice is you are full bore, hands on in that part, in that pool for two hours and you are working your face off. And if I did not challenge you and make you feel pain and shame on me for that day, right? I mean, I wanted those kids really understanding hard work and they did. Then there's no, well, you know, you're going to go sit on the bench for three minutes and we'll, we'll sub you back in. There's no subbing in. When you're in, you're in. You're you know? in, you're in. Yeah. All right. And just to start wrapping things up here, uh, one final question. If you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what would you be doing? Oh, man, that's a really great question. I'd probably be teaching in the classroom because it's the kids. You know, that's, that's where I belong. I had an office job once, and they were all happy to see me go. Um, I don't have the maturity to sit at a cubicle. I don't have the maturity to sit at... I'm a, I'm a mover. I'm a shaker. I'm a talker. I like to talk with the kids. I like to interact with the kids. So I'd, I'd just be in the classroom teaching. You know what I mean? Doing the same thing at the pool, but just in the classroom instead. All right. And that does it for this week's Retro Rewind episode. Again, Laura Logan, thank you for taking the time and doing this. Oh, thank you guys for having me. That was fun. This episode is brought to you by Jones Ford Buick GMC, serving Arizona since 1970. Stop in today at North Canal Avenue to see their great selection of new and pre-owned vehicles or shop online at Jones Buick GMC Casa Grande. You'll be glad you did. Thanks for listening to Pinal Central's Retro Rewind podcast with your hosts, Maria Vasquez and David Church. Don't forget to check out PinalCentral.com for all of our local sports content. That's all for this episode, folks. Talk to you next time.